Grace and peace to you from God our Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, how are y'all doing out there? I think about you all the time. I do. I appreciate all of you who've been praying for me and my family. I need it. We need it. This is not getting any easier. Uh, I don't like this new normal. Uh, It's just not as good as being here with all of you. You know, the Christian church has weathered many pandemics and has come out of them intact. Uh, But when it's your first time actually experiencing it, uh, it's not as easy as you thought it might be at first. And you're probably wondering more and more what church is going to look like when we can start gathering together. Uh, All I know is, as of today, uh, when we do, it's going to be a gradual thing in phases. You know, we're not going to just be able to fling the doors open and everyone come in at once. You know, there's probably going to have to be designated seating areas in the sanctuary with the proper distances and we're going to have to wear masks and disinfect everything. And if we exceed our limits in here, then those who can't come in are going to maybe stay in the parking lot and listen in uh, through your radio in your car or out in the grove if we end up doing this into the summer. It's getting closer to something different, though. I mean, I think we can feel, we can feel that there's a sense of a new, new normal coming very soon. Our state has taken a very cautious approach to opening, and our governor has been very discreet with her stay-at-home orders in regards to religious groups. If you read the literature that's coming out of Salem, there's no mention at all about church gatherings. We're We're simply lumped into the general order when it comes to social gatherings outside the home. So, we've been waiting. And we wait. And another week goes by. And another week. I don't know about you, but I'm really starting to feel it. It's hard to get motivated to do anything. One week just seems to roll into another And it's the same over and over, like Groundhog Day, where you wake up and it's yesterday all over again. I do have some interesting news, though, from the churches in Alaska and Idaho. Alaska churches have been gathering again for several weeks now. And in Idaho, today is the second Sunday where their churches are opened. Interestingly, they're reporting that not everybody is flocking back to church. More people than anticipated are staying home. Now, the reason for that is that many people are being cautious, especially those who are at high risk of becoming deathly ill if they they get the virus. So I would imagine the same thing is going to happen here when we start coming back to church. I'm not going to get my hopes up that it's going to be this huge gala, this big family reunion on the first Sunday we open up. It's going to be a lot more low-key, right? And you won't disappoint me if you choose to stay home. I want you to stay alive longer and to feel safe. You'll still be part of the crew of the ship that is the Christian church. 
Speaking of that, you've probably heard that old cliche. The church is not a building. I've thought that and said that myself. Well, of course the church is not a building. (laughs) It's a gathering, an assembly, right? Look, I don't find any of this ideal. Every Sunday we've been doing these online services, there's an underlying anxiety that the Internet's going to crash at any moment and this whole thing is shot. I can't see any of you. I don't know exactly who's participating and who is not. We're not, communica- we're not communing together at the altar because there are, or we're not doing it online because there are theological as well as pragmatic concerns about it. And I know this is going to sound cynical, but I'm not sure that live streaming or recording worship services is going to reach the unreached and grow the church either. It seems to me a person who had no intent of ever stepping into a church on Sunday isn't going to tune into one on the internet either. I think the opposite is going to happen. I think the church is going to shrink. Because I've been, I've been in this game long enough and I know people and I know sin. And it doesn't always take much for the old Adam, that remnant of sin that remains even after baptism, to convince a person, you don't need the church. Just stay home. He got things to do. More important things. What has the church done for you anyways? God doesn't care. The pastor doesn't care about you. The people don't care about you. It's been easier now with this pandemic, hasn't it? It's been easier than ever before to just stay home. No one will even notice if you ever go back. But I hope I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong. This virtual church has been a blessing. And I'm thankful to all of you who have been helping me this whole time continue the ministry of this congregation. Hey, it's been better than just closing up and not doing anything, right? Right. But it's not the real thing, is it? The church is not a building. It's a gathering. An an assembly of people. And we all know this. But here's the thing. The picture that the Holy Spirit works through the Word to build in your heart and mind is that of a building. I chose a section today from 1 Peter for today's epistle reading. It's the one that doesn't appear in the three-year reading cycle, so today has been the first time you've heard it in church. The, The whole letter of 1 Peter, though, is all about what the church is. Now the first half of chapter 2 does get read in church once every three years. So you've heard before Peter saying, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Nobody likes to be being compared to a rock. You know, you're as dumb as a rock. Well, nobody wants to hear that. You're as boring as a rock. But when you're a Christian, see, being like a rock takes on a new meaning. If we're living stones being built up by God as a spiritual house, well, what does that tell you? What do we know about houses built of stone? 
The house needs many stones, doesn't it? Not just one. That would be a cave. And that's not what Peter's talking about. Well, and they have to be in one place. And a house needs many stones that are what together. Yeah, together in one place. You got it, Jeff. If the stones are laying six feet apart from each other out in a field, right? Well, it's not going to make a house. That's right. They got to fit together. The church is the church when it's gathered together. You are not in and of yourself the church. I am not in and of myself the church. The guy who sits in his fishing boat all by himself on the lake who's convinced himself that he's a Christian but doesn't need the church, there's a disconnect there because he is certainly not the church. The church is all the people who regularly assemble together. And I believe this pandemic is making that clearer. Or I, or should, I should say, the Spirit is making that clearer through His Word during this time when gathering has been disrupted for so long. I would say by this time, if we didn't have some indication that the current stay-at-home order was going to be relaxed, you know, if there wasn't something, some kind of news that things are going to be changing in the near future, we would need to start organizing some kind of, uh, well, not a revolt, but (laughs) some kind of meeting plan at homes with very careful measures not to infect each other. I mean, we, we, would, we can't be doing this forever, right? We're not the church alone. We're a piece of it. Together when we meet, that's the church. The church is not a building. Is the worst type of argument for staying at home when this is all over. So if and when you hear a Christian say, say that, you can gently and lovingly remind them that our faith is bigger than just God and you. God wants us to band together because we belong to Him and together we endure sufferings and the storms of life and most certainly pandemics. We were bought for a price. God didn't spare His Son but gave Him up to be killed by lawless people, so that all people would be saved. Jesus shed his blood, died, and rose from death for you, that you would be that you would live a holy and righteous life in service to others here and live eternally with him and all believers on the new earth. Notice I say all believers, because eternal life doesn't mean alone in some cosmic isolation. I doubt I'm speaking to anyone right now who's like this, but if you don't like the church now, but you say you're a believer in Jesus, then you're not going to like your eternal life won for you by Jesus very much. You're going to be worshiping the one who made you and everything else with a lot of other people for a long, long time. So you might as well get start, uh, get some practice now. Who knows? You might actually get over some of your hang-ups and learn to love people more. 
Not only that, but there are blessings attached to God's promises. One of them is here in our reading today from 1 Peter. Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Bless those who revile you. You've been called for this purpose, that you may obtain a blessing. And what's the blessing? Well, that the eyes of the Lord God would be upon you and that his ears are open to your prayers. I believe we're surviving this together better virtually than I think we would if we were truly shut up in our homes with no contact with the church or anything like that whatsoever. Nevertheless, there's a real longing among us to gather in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, may it be soon. Come soon, Lord Jesus, and bring this whole sinful world to an end and bring the new perfect one on so that we may live in everlasting peace, health, and joy with you and each other. Amen.